I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bijou Podcasts. Welcome everyone to what is the first episode of the newly titled podcast, Bijou Baby. I'm Ben Jenkins, and across from me is my beautiful wife, Stacey June. Hello, everyone, formerly known as Couple Goals. Firstly, welcome to anyone that hasn't listened to this before. And I imagine there'll be a few of you considering, uh, yeah, I suppose what's been going down the last couple of weeks, and potentially some of you that have may have found uh, me and this show via uh, some. Mm. unfortunate activity that's been happening in Victoria, but we'll get to that in a minute. But this has been a show where we have joined uh, whenever we've had the chance to to track our uh, fertility journey. So you can go back in and uh, into the site wherever you're listening to this show and head through season one, which will track uh, every single step of the way to us conceiving our first child, Bryn. And then the second season has been about, I guess, still navigating, extending the family, but through also being new parents. And I find that it's a very different experience, but one really important to tell all the same, because I think as soon as you stop or think about getting your period, for example, and you start thinking about another child, which for me was as early as like three months, uh, I imagine myself tandem feeding, for God's sake. So... (laughs) You know, it, it it's probably not a great thing if we were talking about a parenting a podcast and, and thinking about how we've already focused on the next one after Brinny. But I suppose from a timeline perspective and all of the stress and time that goes into conceiving, it is something we've always had to think about from the second it was an option for us again. So the second season is a combo of approaching conceiving. And having a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it is funny because people think you get the luxury of like, you know, maybe enjoying your first year with him and doing all those things. But actually when you're trying to conceive and it may have taken you two or three years to get them first, you're very well aware that that process is something that's on your mind, unfortunately, quite early on after you have your child. Yeah, you have that... that, that feeling always sitting there uh, that you're going to have to go again. It was a long uh, process. It took a long time to get to him. Um, So knowing that that was going to come around again was always a sort of thought and feeling just sitting there. Mm. So here we are, Bryn turned two last week. Um, And we have been trying to conceive our second child for... Probably just over a year now. Yeah. I think we first navigated uh, really realistically and logically, as you know, you guys know, if you are trying for a baby through fertility treatment, it is logistics, it is mm. planning, it's money, it's uh, personal time, it's it takes a lot getting of energy into as well. the appointments, yeah. Um, and we also had the logistics of transferring sperm and having come out of the back of a, the first year of a pandemic. So 
we started navigating this process living in Melbourne um, and we were still kind of envisaging we would go back and forth to Sydney and Melbourne much more than we have been able to in 2021. Yeah. So we started the process in December 2020. So here we are in uh, almost February 2022 and we've been navigating this whole new process. I mean, you've listened to the last couple of episodes, perhaps if you don't know about our story, head to season one. But if you aren't familiar with our recent journey, you can listen to the last couple because we have done updates here and there. But essentially, we've had three IUI attempts. Uh, We have tried to navigate where we would keep sperm because the Sydney system and the hospital and our doctors and obviously our positive result of having Bryn was a very big factor uh, of staying there and doing treatment in Sydney. Mm. But as the pandemic showed and as the last um, cancelled try showed for us, uh, it was just becoming really hard in a pandemic to travel and starting to get a bit scary about really just not having any form of control over the power at B. You know, they really can make a call at any day. Like Mm. imagine one day they were just like, well, there's no couriers. And then we, you know, we were at, we would have had our sperm in a different state. So anyway. And a lot of loneliness for you. Like it's just been hard because we had to separate because we've got, you know, a little one, we've got Bryn. So jobs and and jobs, we couldn't cart him around everywhere with us and, you know, expect him to sleep in, you know, random locations and, you know, Airbnbs or whatever or wherever we might be staying. And, you know, when you've got a when you've got a little toddler, two-year-old, it's 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 something that you have to think about all the time. And you were, you know, travelling on your own then and that was really hard. You also really want to hard. spend that money and that time on your holidays. Yeah. It's, you know, like we don't have endless amounts of... Travel budget. ...funds and, to- and holidays for you, annual leave, like, yeah. for, you know. So it, these are the kinds of things that I think people feel that people miss those ins, those ins and outs in between the things that aren't necessarily, uh, told, you Mm, know, that mm. we know that you guys understand or you people understand. So we got to a stage where after that canceled, um, experience, we decided to transfer the sperm. We weren't allowed to halve it. We wanted to keep options in Sydney and in Melbourne, which for the exact reason of what's just happened is the exact reason we wanted to Mm, do that. mm. Um, and then we basically had in Victoria a whole heap of appointments we had to tick off before we could even uh, be considered to have a go in the public system. And we'd made a decision. I'm not sure where we stood last time on the last episode. I mean, at that point, I could have even been questioning whether I wanted another. Yeah. But I started with a bit of space to get a real calling from this spirit child. I felt Brittany was starting to see something else. We all felt like there was an energy in the home. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and then slowly but surely, the sperm arrived in Melbourne. We made that decision. Uh, we had finished our counselling appointments, finishing all the appointments. And the first opportunity for us to try was at the end of the year which was around Christmas time and we made a decision we'll just give it a go first round next year yeah enter it was a good a good time for us to take a break as well it had been and for everybody everybody realizes that that it was a hell of a year last year and it was just not something we wanted to just pile on top and of also it at the end. I'd never I've not we're moving into IVF I'd never done IVF before we didn't know what days the surgeries would last mm-hmm. like land on some days they weren't in hospital so imagine you did all of the treatment and 
um, you know, you weren't able to then get the surgeries because the hospitals were closed. So we just thought it was the safest bet to try um, at the early stages of 2022. So that was really exciting. Just yeah. to take it, take you back to that stage. I mean, for me, I remember saying two days before we found out the news that IVF was going to be banned in Victoria for 90 days. Two days before we found the news, I have a voice recording of my best friend and I talking. I was talking about how stressed I was with work. I had um, a whole heap of support coming into the end of the year and that all just kind of fell away and... I was just left with, you know, basically, yeah, just having to pick up the pieces of lots of bits and pieces and just really full on. We're launching a business and, you know, all those kinds of things. But I remember saying to her, the only thing that's really kind of getting me through, and we also had COVID, our daycare also had COVID. So we've had Brinny, you know, for two months straight, which sounds ridiculous when you have a child, of course, you expect that you would have your child. But just having that a couple days a week, you really do forget how nice it is to have that kind of space to be able to, for for me to just work at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it had been a, a big couple of months. So I was leading into this, And I said to her, the only thing that's really holding me on with all of this kind of chaos of the new year and, you know, really feeling exhausted and fulfilled, but exhausted from the holidays and the Christmases and the COVIDs and the things Mm. was being able to try and put all of my eggs in the basket now for that baby. A real carrot dangling over the other side of the year. I was so, so ready to try IVF. And then two days later, I went to a Cairo appointment, put Brittany in the car, and then started to get all of these notifications on my phone about the Victorian government announcing. Well, actually, the bullshit thing was they didn't even really announce it. it. We had to see viral videos of horrified, devastated women Mm. pleading you know, to camera in desperation to do whatever they could to to try and reverse this. And they were the first videos that I was you know, seeing before anybody actually had the decency to fucking communicate yeah. it. Yeah, and then it was in the paper not long after that. Well, of That's course That's where it was. I read it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we, um, yeah, it's safe to say we were gutted. Yeah, absolutely gutted. I, yeah. I tend to not feel everything straight away. I've It takes me a little while for those emotions to kick in, but... Um, yeah, when it did, it was really, it was really a kick in the guts. Um, and I think it was, you know, uh, support of friends who, you know, uh, other blokes I know who were dropping me a line, you know, saying, mate, I'm really sorry to hear the news. Um, let me know if there's anything that can do, I can do for you or, you know, go and have a beer or, you know, just catch up and have a chat. And that was when it really started to sink in for me, I think. Um, just how much of a kick in the guts it was. You know, I, I am quite a patient person at times, but still. How interesting. So until somebody had seen your pain, you hadn't <laughs> yeah. seen it. It's, Is that what you're saying? It's just how I work sometimes. Yeah, it's sometimes bizarre. it takes ages for me to, you know, really kind of feel those emotions. I, I don't, it, I've always been that way. I've got some blocks in there somewhere, which we know about. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that came about. But then once, you know, I think I feel, uh, maybe that's the, you know, the empath sort of side of me, you know, when someone else shows me empathy, I'm like, oh, empathy. But to be honest, I feel like as well, you didn't, you didn't really take it as bad as I think you're kind of making out. I'm not saying that you weren't gutted, but I do feel like you kind of were like how you, well, how I've been a lot in the pandemic was day by day. Yeah. I think I I was definitely gutted not to have the option anymore. That was the thing. Yeah. I, I didn't. So I think, 
I think even though you're saying you've got blocks, I think sometimes you don't have to feel just because people are telling mm-hmm. you to, too. Like, no, but I definitely think I was what I was gutted about was the freedom. And that's what I've come to cherish in myself, mental, physical freedom in this time that we've been in. And there was something taken away from me, and that was the freedom to have that choice to do it or not. And that was gone. And that's what really that's what really got to me, I think. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. Into, yeah, I do. yeah, yeah. It is. It's interesting. I feel... Um, yeah, like we've we've tracked on this podcast, you know, we definitely both go into these types of uh, hurdles or curveballs really differently. Yeah. Um, I just went into activist mode. Straight away. Oh, my God. I had put a reel up within an hour. How do I change this? Yeah. I was like, because there was something in my heart that was saying to me, I don't accept this. Yeah. And I think after two years of a pandemic where you've heard people say to you, we're on this, we're working on this, we'll be patient, we'll do our bit. And so much of the emphasis has been put back onto the person. Mm. Yet we do feel really like these politicians are coming in and reporting the day-to-day info, but I wonder how much time they've had behind the scenes to plan what was coming. So we could see six months before us, overseas what was happening. Yeah. You know, we were lucky enough to have an ability to forecast somewhat. I understand it's been different everywhere, but there has been places that we could see examples of what could be options. Yeah. So I suppose it got to a point for me where the questions were, where was the pre-planning for this? You know, understanding the public system and the strain it's under and not discounting that. I think they had their plan, but they didn't have... Uh, plans after the plan. They were like not thinking, you know, if this went wrong, what would I, um, what would we do? What would, what would be the next step? I, I, I think they're the things that weren't contingencies is what weren't in place. But I think that was my, the biggest problem. But that's my point. I feel like they've had plans for the next step, not had any time to walk away and go, okay, mm. what's, what can we preempt? Mm-hmm. What can we put in place? I think, look, and to be fair, just talking about this specific issue, for us, we have also had this ridiculous, supportive, not just team in Sydney, but mm. the government and the healthcare system was not o- has not only always been more supportive of Ben as a cancer patient in our fertility journey, so mm. we already came to Melbourne feeling, you know, just there was different rules here. Like we're not saying we're entitled to have more or less, but it was different. We got less support when we moved to Melbourne already. And now we come again and every step of the way, there were more hurdles, more things to cross, longer wait times. And now this, you know, it's, we've just kind of done it in the background and then tried to keep things moving by travel and doing that strain on our family, on Mm. our finances and not really said once we got here, fuck the Victorian health system is fucked. Yeah. yeah. Not once have we said that. Well, I had, I had no idea until we we did have an idea. When, what we've been going through this year? No, I mean when we when we first when we first started to investigate IVF, I had no idea the that you know Melbourne was a, that far kind of behind Sydney well, in the what, way they were yeah. doing things. Well, yeah. So before we moved here, I had no idea of that. I oh, just, of I course. mean, we did have some conversations with people about the Melbourne IVF system with our doctor before we came, but yeah. obviously they were like, "Yeah, this doctor's great. These people are great," and they were all private. 
Um, no, they did talk about the 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 women's here and and said that there's some some great doctors here, but uh, but they didn't have any specific names. You know what I mean? No, like, no, of that's course, right. they're exactly like our sister I'm, hospital. That's you know? exactly my point. That's exactly my point. I'm saying these people were saying this hospital's great, but no great detail. Just a little bit of, you know, they'll look after you kind and, of thing. And to be fair, not everybody's lived in different states. Like, how would you ever know how to compare health systems? I've lived in three states, Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria. Yeah. Across the span of maybe the last decade. Mm. Yeah, I have. And I just am so surprised at... And the differences. Oh, my God. Yeah, and yeah, how yeah. behind Victoria well, is. Well, you only have your position to to imagine what someone else is like. So you're like, oh, the hospitals here are great. Hospitals in Australia must be great. Oh, there's the, and that's the party line, right? Yeah, We're so yeah. lucky because compared to the US, we have this, this, this. And look, again, I need to say, you know, on the grand scheme of things, there is this big conversation. There's this cancel culture of like you entitled white fucks. Like, mm. look at what you have. People overseas, you know, there doesn't go a day where we don't, we don't note that we're, lucky and we don't yes and that we don't note that we're privileged yeah and i I just feel that we're being completely um muted Mm. by this conversation around your pain must cancel out someone else's pain so if we're in pain because of this fertility issue, it must mean it cancels out the person that couldn't get a scan for their yeah, yeah. Um, lump on their leg or the person that couldn't get a colonoscopy because they're scared they've got something going on or the ICU, it must, you know, the IVF doctor is needed, you know, all these kinds of things that I was fucking horrifically trolled about mm-hmm. uh, when I voiced this. But it, it doesn't. My, you know, our pain and our situation doesn't cancel out those situations. No. And I think that's a little this bit of This is the reality. We're all, we've all got them. Yeah, I think know? that's a little bit of the Australian tall poppy syndrome to a degree that, that you know, still lives on strong um, in that someone sees someone else who is complaining about something they believe um, is privileged because it's because of someone else's less privileged, then they will, they will cut them down. Um, and also, who decided somebody could decide? Like, how can the the other the other privileged person decide that you're less or more privileged? Like, this is the it's just such a ridiculous conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it, it, we're not we're not we're not saying that someone else is less deserving. We no, all have no, no, no. wants and desires. Sure, someone who is is um, I agree that if someone is terminally don't ill, don't go in there. Don't go into that oh, page, they, but don't. don't like someone open needs life saving surgery. No, but don't open it because it means that then slippery slope. Yeah. yeah, because then it means we become people that can gauge one thing over another. Yeah, okay. I don't gauge anything. It's not up to us to decide this stuff. It's us against the system. It is. It's not people versus people. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a person in pain versus the other person in pain. Yeah. It's about the fact that these issues should never have been put under an elective banner. Yeah, that's right. And I think that the label elective has done a lot of damage to the people going through this. And even if there were restrictions, which let me just remind you, if you're doing private or live anywhere else in the world, you don't, you know, the public system when when it was on and it wasn't banned... You are still calling and going on a wait list. It's not, yeah. it is already a restricted service. So don't let me just explain that. Because of COVID, 
it is a restricted service. There are already restrictions with beds. Mm-hmm. So we're just looking for a fucking shot. You know, we, we were not looking for anything extra than that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that... Now we're being restricted within a restricted system. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think... Um, Which is hard to take. I suppose I was telling my brother today, actually, at the end of the day, though, once you kind of get up on that kind of, I don't know, that box where you start talking, you know, and we start talking about how we're passionate and then it becomes about the Instagram conversations or the public, you know, the public psyche conversation, which at the moment, to be honest, is pretty horrific in terms of just the amount of verbal vomit that's going on to from person to person. Yeah. But I suppose what's really supporting me or not even supporting, but what I keep turning to is to come back to spirit, right? And to come back to oh, to my breath and to really return to this idea that if this spirit baby is ours, we will meet it. Yeah. And if we don't, there was never one. Yeah. And that kind of makes you realize that no matter what the system, you know, that that's always the case really anyway, isn't it? Even with fertility Because we've had the best, well, what we've seen is the best service and have been very well looked after where we've done fertility treatment in the past. Um, And even then it took a long time to get pregnant. So this is just a different journey. Yeah. And I feel because we decided IVF was the time for us and, you know, it's not very nice to be, for me personally, it took me a really long time to get here. I was always very... Um, really as close to natural committed as possible. To, yeah, to yeah. the natural process because of the fact that this fertility um, issue is not mine. So I've always gone like, okay, well, that's fine, but can I hang on to as much, like can I like have as much pre- preservation of the way that I would like it to affect my body as much as possible? You know, preservation of my body and its homeostasis, i.e., which is not shooting injections into my body that are any more than I absolutely need, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's taken me a lot. You know, I I often, I'm constantly trying to find homeostasis in my body, uh, which is, if for those that don't really understand what that means, that natural balance, that, that, that I kind of ecosystem, that real, that natural state. Yeah. And look, Again, that might sound like not everybody has those options and we're at a point where we we don't. I've tried everything that I can to be that and it's time for the next step. Having said that, again, if you're listening to this for the first time, um, we have done assisted IUIs. So um, the way that we conceived Brinny was with injections. It was just a small dose. So we've been open to everything along the way. It's just I've just constantly taken those steps slowly and very Mm. considered uh, because it it feels like I don't have a lot of control. Well, I don't actually. So I think for somebody that really um, feels more powerful with a bit of control, I've tried very hard to continue to have a say in these steps. Mm -hmm. And now we were ready to step and then we lost control again. So it's it's challenging. Which pushes us further and closer to the least natural path. Like the, the, the further down the line we go, the longer we have to wait, the, the more we're going to have to rely on things like that. And the least natural path for me as well is going private because it is further away from, I believe, in my opinion, this is not necessarily your opinion. And when I say your, I mean you listening. 
or yours necessarily, Ben, but I feel that many of the private options, I did find one amazing one, Dr. Andreatis in Sydney, so I saw her, this does not include you, Um, but some of the the private doctors I've seen are very quick to jump, to very quick to head to IVF, you know, we did conceive Brittany from IUI, and it's not so much that I don't respect their approach, because they want to give you what you want as soon as possible. Mm. But I suppose in some ways, jumping straight there when you've gauged that you've got a patient in front of you that really wants to take it slow and try, Mm. just kind of tells me that there's a bit of an aggression. Whereas I've found in the public system, you know, IUI wasn't even explained to me in other, you know, ways. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I feel like in a way going private as well feels, I don't know, maybe this is my shit. I don't know. But I have, from the options that I've seen here, I felt like it's been very, um, it's not just about the injections. It's not just about the, um, it's about the values. It's felt like a lot of the doctors I've met with have been very money focused and very clinical. And the language around my miscarriage and our journey was just so, uh, insensitive that mm. I just was like fundamentally and from a values perspective, I, I can't go into a team with you like this. Yeah. I just don't feel like we have aligned values on, on this. And yeah. I know that sounds quite woo woo, but if I'm going to conceive a baby with someone and it's not my husband, yeah. I want to feel safe and yeah, I yeah. want someone to feel like they're aligned with who well, I, I am. I think that goes for, for any doctor you go to, GP, psychologist, psychiatrist, yeah, whatever it may true. be, you need to be aligned. You need to feel like there's common ground there um, for you to, to move forward. Some doctors you go to, you're like, nah, this but, feels really uncomfortable. Also, but, We're not going any further here. And they should be looking to get that with you. Yeah. You're paying them. Yeah. You're paying them a lot yeah, of some, money. Some people have bad days as well. They're just like normal, you know, like everyday people. They have a bad day. So we're just moving further and further away, back to your point. And now with this ban happening. So, you know, so basically if you haven't followed the news or you're not across this story, IVF was banned. It was reinstated two days later. Banned um, for 90 days until the start of April, isn't yep, it? Yeah, it was banned. Then it was reinstated a couple of days later after the public... Um, backlash. Backlash. Uh, I wrote a piece for Mamma Mia. There were, you know, plenty of other women that were speaking up, plenty of other doctors. So together, I feel like collectively, we really did shift that. Yeah. And then I was only within a week, I had called because I started to spot. And I was told on the phone that actually uh, it hadn't been reinstated in the public hospitals. It had been reinstated privately in private hospitals and that the nurses had not yet heard any information about any kind of timeline for the public what system, that looked yeah. like so it felt very sneaky it was just political posturing it felt it was, like it. It was i mean like, even if it does come into backlash, play so we'll, we'll you say need, this yeah but even if it does t- um, obviously it's going to take longer for a plan in a public system than a private yeah, yeah, system like yeah. the public system is 
absolutely hemorrhaging. Like yeah. it's not well, right? Yeah, yeah. So just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say we are making a plan for the the, the public system to to reinstate it for now. Private can work yeah. immediately, and we'll keep you up to date yeah. with that. Yeah. So we were just so. I still am shocked. Like we're still in the middle of this process. Mm. You know, the nurses are still like, I haven't started my bleed, so I, you know, this whole situation is still really minute by minute. Yeah, that's the still like, like we'll call we, call when you do, yeah, and then we'll when you get to your period, and, and we'll see what's going on. Like it's yeah, it's moment by moment. And last night, a girlfriend edge of, of your mine, seat stuff. Last night, a girlfriend of mine said to me, you know, you don't have to be the strong one, and mm. you are able to. You know, let let that out if you need. And I just, I held my hands across my chest, like, to protect myself. And I just said, it's hard to explain, but you don't let go of hope until you absolutely let go of hope. Like, when you're in this, hope is all you have. Yeah. So, you have no control over anything else. So, until they say to me, until my bleed fully comes, until I can call them on the first day to say, please put me on the list for IVF. And until they ring me back and either say, no... There's other people that are going ahead of you, or B, it's not reinstated this month. Mm. Then I, I don't lose hope. Like I, I just because that means that I have another minute or another day not feeling that despair, and I will take the hope over that despair any day yeah. of the week. It's yeah. it's not about I don't feel like I can let go. It's that I can't to survive this. I cannot choose that option over hope. I, you would never go back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about that on this podcast on both seasons about it all being about hope and how your hope, you know, each time you uh, are unsuccessful, it kind of gets chipped away a little bit further and a little bit further. And, and um, for me, these things haven't really done too much to that like uh but it, it's it kind of hits it, yeah. it hits in another way it's, it hasn't chipped away the hope it's just made me sit there and going oh shit now I have to put hope on hold i agree with you i don't know if it's because our spirit baby is closer you know when you're getting closer mm. maybe that hope comes energetically differently yeah and it's not because i know in the past it, it's come across like hope but i think underneath it's been desperation mm-hmm so I think that hope often feels easier when maybe it's it is closer or when you've had a break. I yeah. think that's why breaks are so important. You know, I've Absolutely, got yeah. we talk so about many before, friends that yeah. go back to back to back to back to back yeah, with this yeah, trying yeah. to conceive. And, you know, we're going to cover this in the upcoming Conception Circle, which we'll talk about towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and you guys... You know, we're so excited to meet some of you and hoping that you'll you'll get involved. But, mm. um, yeah, I think it's a really important consideration for every woman and every couple. Woman, because it's your body. And so if you're feeling not in flow, even with all of the factors that we have to go through and many of you go through, you know, how does your body plant? How does your body implant? You know, you've got to be looking at what your body's telling you to and then on top of that emotionally and then on top of what's going on emotionally for your family dynamic, you know? Yeah, yeah, there is. And I think when you don't take a break, it is just it is just stress response the whole time. 
you know, you're just going from one stressful scenario to another to another, and that becomes a habit. And then you just get locked in in stress response and in fight or flight. And I and feel like that's where that desperation comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But also, like you were saying, it doesn't do your body any favors. No, and that's, it's because so, you've got to be in a you've got to be pretty much in a in a place of surrender and it's, tenderness. It's really interesting because when you say that fight or flight thing that you go through when you're in that space or coming from that space. Mm. The desperation may even be less about trying to conceive and more about having that that experience be over. Yeah. It's so full on because then it means that, you know, all of that yearning in those months where you don't end up conceiving and you struggle through it, we've all done it. Like that last IUI, I should never have fucking gone. Yeah. But you make decisions because you've lost your uh, sight, your clarity. Yeah. In a pandemic, you lose it even more so. But as my girlfriend said, who's done IVF several times now, she's like, it's a game and you want to win. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, I was going to say, it's like gambling. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, like, I've got to, I've go. got to keep One going. More go. One more yeah. go. Yeah. And so then, you know, you never conceive often from that space. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I think energetically, even if you're thinking you feel like that energetically, I think you must have been feeling something different because I feel like it's almost impossible. And then you... Exactly. Get so desperate to move out of what you know deep in your heart is the timing's off. This isn't it. Yeah. But then you think, so what's the other option? Not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that is the option for you to get back Mm -hmm. to this hope space that Ben and I are in today. Yeah. With all of this bullshit thrown in our face you could it could break someone, but it hasn't broken us at all, mm. and it won't. And it looks like potentially, if I and this is very scary to say, it is the most scariest time ever in our conception journey right now. It looks on paper as the most impossible possibility. I'm almost thirty nine. We don't have the strongest sperm. We can't get into the system. We've spent tens of thousands of dollars investing in a business. We've put out, you know, we've put a lot of our personal investments in other places. It's it's a it's a really if you look at it on paper today, it is probably the most unlikely place to have hope today. Mm. Yet we both have it. Yeah, we've got a lot going on, but yeah, we do. And I do believe that's from space. Yeah, yeah. So we're not thinking about the paper today. I just realized as I was saying it out loud, now I'm going to put all this in Ben's head and he probably hasn't thought about any of it. No, and to I'm be good. honest, I'm good. I'm I good. hadn't thought about any of it until I said it like that. And when you say it like that, it's fucking terrifying. No, I'm good. I'm good. But you can't, you can't deny your truth. And mm. our truth is that we feel incredibly excited. And I, I mean, you can speak for yourself, but I, from what I sense with you two, we feel incredibly excited and so, so, so from the bottom of my heart, so hopeful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's all we can do. Yeah. We can just try. Yeah, and that's what I've always said, step by step, one step at a time. That's how we go. We move through these things. And if they're there, they'll yep, come. absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe we're here again, though. I know. Yeah, it, uh, feels, it feels different, though. Mm. It feels different. But we are back in a similar similar place, yeah. So we've decided uh, we have launched a new business called The Well. 
and after many years of transitioning from uh, commercial media into <laughs> a completely different space, yeah, uh, still obviously merging, I guess, all of my different skills, but moving into, um, I guess, the wellness industry, I suppose. Yeah. I don't yeah. really like that term, but yeah. uh, we decided was, to launch our in, own... At, at, at heart, that's what you've always that's right. been doing. I've told stories that live under that kind of banner. Yeah. I just happened to go with the shiny option of how to tell them, yeah. which was yeah. that, you know, very shiny. Commercial um, media. Yeah, yeah. famey kind of money vibe. Yeah. So pulling back, taking off all of those costumes, you're left with, I guess, the core of who you are. And that was who I was mm. always. Mm. And have moved into a coaching space, as I said, had started doing one-on-one, had worked with a few people that were, um, many people actually that were trying to conceive or new mothers. And we had an event scheduled for 2022 to launch with our new business, which the full schedule will be launched, could be launched. When when will this go up, Ben? Uh, Not sure. Uh, Fairly soon, in about a week, I guess. Right. So the full schedule will be launched by the time this goes up. And what we realized uh, was when all of this IVF stuff was going on, one of the events that I had um, started to talk to a local venue about was a conception circle, which I had always loved the idea of through doing this podcast, but really felt like I needed to be in a particular part of my life, Mm. um, personally, but also professionally, because it is a big energy to hold space for this kind of stuff. And I wanted to feel equipped and I also wanted to make sure personally I felt like I could do it, you know, because it is quite full on. And I feel like right now is the right time for two reasons. One, that I feel like it actually would be such a complimentary thing for where I am at now to really be um, facilitating this kind of event, being in it with you. Yeah. And the second is I feel really uh, confident and ready to take on um, facilitating groups and workshops and since becoming um, a yoga and meditation teacher. So I feel like merging those two is the perfect time. And so we had planned to do this in the middle of the year. And then with everything that went on in Victoria, we made a decision to work through the, oh my God, I worked crazy days the last few days to try and pull this off um, and have it brought forward by three months to launch at the end of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Conception Circle is a six-week weekly circle. It's a gathering of people, like-minded people that are going through conceiving. So fertility treatment, Perhaps you are going through a conception process naturally, but it's taking a lot longer than you thought. Um, Maybe you're still navigating what your fertility looks like, but it's something that you're yearning for and and, and are not really Mm. um, getting to the places that you thought you would at the timelines you were. And I think so many different, you know, different factors going into the type of person that might be interested in joining us. Yeah. And I think now that I think about it, almost like going through it naturally as well, you know, circles like these um, can be so, so important because for us going through IUI and now looking at IVF, it's a constant conversation because we are, it's front of mind. We're going to these meetings with people. Mm. We're talking about it all the time. Mm. But I think, uh, you know, for a lot of people, when you're doing it naturally, you know, you're just having sex and then you wait for a period, doesn't happen. Oh, okay, we'll try again. There's no real converse, constant conversation. Mm. So I, I think um, yeah, this it's, is super important. And it's personal because you don't, 
you know, I'm saying to a friend, I'm on my way to the hospital to do this. Yeah. Whereas when you're having sex at home in the privacy of your home. You're not saying, hey, we well, haven't sex. Some, some people, people are, do. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's a little different. And I it's think there's common, also yeah. a bit of imposter syndrome. Well, not yeah. imposter syndrome, but that ridiculous thing where you're paying cancel that another person's paying. I think sometimes yeah. people feel really guilty about saying how much they're struggling mm. when you've got people like us or people that have maybe been trying for 10 years or you know, everybody has almost like, well, society puts a ranking system mm, on this. Which but everyone's is just journey is not, valid. It's yeah. not the case. And yeah. that's why all different walks of fertility journey are invited to this because yeah. I think it's really important that not only do we support each other in wherever we're at, but it also gets our pole out of our own ass and understand <laughs> that it is a very isolating journey, but it's a very narcissistic journey. Yeah, you do yeah. become very obsessed with your own experience. Yeah. And I think it can be nice when you hear other people's journeys too to not only connect but also just to get out of your own bubble for a bit. And Mm -hmm. that's not a judgment. I'm there with you, you know, but... It does help. So it's like I was saying the other day, like it's like a birthing class. You know, when you're in a class with eight or nine or however many other couples and you're, you know, talking about what you're gonna do, you know, in those last couple of months and into into the birth, it's so important having those people around and and, and seeing other people's faces mm. and going, Oh yeah, okay, this mm. person, you know, looks um, as nervous as I do, mm. or, you know, mm. they didn't know about this, just like I don't know mm. about this. Mm. Um, and you feel, you know, you feel less and, alone on the journey for sure. And just be mindful. Ben used that example with complete, um, empathy for those of you that may not have yet of course. fallen pregnant. You yeah. know, it's, it's tricky. Like, cause we understand that there's also this, you know, I definitely had it when I was talking about the IVF struggle. I have a baby, yeah. you know, we have a baby and I know that the first baby with fertility treatment will always feel differently to Mm, this. mm. It is its own journey and I'm not discounting our pain, but I know what it feels like before we got Bryn and I know that journey and that feeling. And this is just a bit of an acknowledgement of that, that, you know, one doesn't cancel out the other, but I do, I'm with you in the, I guess the uniqueness and the heat that that particular time brings. The, the real, the spikiness of yeah. it. it it's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, completely. In so the trenches. across the six weeks, we'll cover a lot of stuff. Uh, we talk about relationships. We'll cover ways to support through grief and loss and the different versions of that. We'll talk about mm-hmm. exactly as we said, how different uh, fertility journeys or trying to conceive journeys um, are different but often have very similar themes and feelings. Yeah. And really connect on that in the beginning just to ensure that we all come from a respectful place with everyone's different journey and use it as almost like a bit of, I don't know, homework to kind of step out of your own world for a second and not only gain support but be support, you Mm, know, mm. to others in your community. I think sometimes we're so used to asking for help or having a shoulder that's given to us to cry on and I think it is also a really positive thing for us to get that part of ourselves up where we can be strong enough to hold each other as yeah. well. Cause you feel a little bit like the victim all the time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and we'd go through a whole heap of different processes, tools, practices that you can take home with you through this conception journey. Um, I will guide you through many meditations. If you're not a meditator, that's okay. Uh, it is really a spoken circle when you feel like you can speak. It's not something you have to speak in. Um, and the meditation element and the practices, and the journaling are all led, you know, they're really, as you may already know, it's a pretty, 
um, pretty casual approach that yeah. I go to. There's not going to be the space is absolutely beautiful and it's uh, a gorgeous kind of very um, angelic type of space. Mm. It's very sacred. However, my approach and who I am is that everybody feels invited and included and held. You know, yeah. it doesn't really matter if this thing has been something you've done before or not. Yeah, yeah. Better if you haven't because yeah. um, you may need it more than the average person. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talk about conscious conception towards the end of the six weeks so we can leave on a, a you know, a real, um, I guess, an actionable kind of mm. feeling where we feel like we are able to walk away and continue to have some control over this process. Almost when you like don't. a launching point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we definitely do sit in emotion. We definitely do discuss uh, emotion like anger that we often feel real, real shame about. Mm, um, mm. So... You know, I've lived this experience. Ben and I have lived this experience yeah. and teaming with um, all of the study I've been doing and the work across the last few years, I think that it is a really wonderful time to invite you to join us. Ben yeah. will be there for a couple of the sessions as well. We welcome couples. So if you both want to buy a spot and come in and do it together, it'll be every Monday night from the 28th of Feb at 8 p.m. in the inner west suburbs in Melbourne. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, I think for blokes, it can be a real opportunity to to really open up and find um, some new spaces within yourself. That sounds a little bit <laughs> esoteric, but it, it really is a good uh, opportunity to, like I said, to open yourself up and, you know, put you in a, in a good position to support your partner going through these and um, yourself. going through this journey. And I think I'm... And a, yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and I work very intuitively. So the group isn't... The group dynamic or the group event the circle isn't decided yet right so we will i will merge how i facilitate this depending on who comes mm. so if i've got three blokes and 10 women yeah. it is going to be evenly led for those experiences mm-hmm. you guys won't feel like you're the three out of the 10 you know i will hold you in that yeah so don't think you're coming into a women's circle you know however the circle lands is what i will respond to that's yeah. my job to hold you in that so just come if it's something you feel like you want and working out how that looks and how you'll fit in will be my job to make you feel safe in that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. You're not entering a women's space and women aren't entering a couple space if you're doing this solo. It is a space and a gathering in a circle of whoever is called to come. Yeah. Everyone is invited. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we can't wait to... Um to meet you all there meet some of you yeah Yeah. we will do an online option i think as well which we've realized is uh, potentially needed so um if you want to register your interest the tickets will go on sale i think the tickets go on sale that might already be on sale to the conception circle on monday the 31st of january Mm -hmm. um with that email if you're on the well uh hub the well hub list or the well membership sorry the well uh, list. We're still getting. I'm still getting <laughs> yeah. all the words and everything, all the new products. Right. The Well Hub is our membership. The Well is the business. Um, or my personal uh, mail list. You'll get an email on the Monday. Um, and if you have already received that by the time you listen to that, you can go back in, just respond, reply to the email, and say I'd love um, to be involved in the online. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll file your name off and make sure that we contact you first when we do decide to mm. offer it online because there'll only be 
yeah, I can, we can only facilitate a hundred. Um, I don't think I would do that big of a group though for this type yeah. of thing. It'll, you know, I think I might do several intimate groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can also DM us on our Instagram as well if that's uh, if that's uh, how you'd like to contact us. Mm, the well is... underscore underscore hub. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, and thanks for those of you that signed the petition. Um, if you are a person anywhere in the country or the world that's going through this in this time, we see you, and we're really hoping that this podcast and the circle and the different things, the Facebook group that we do, offers some form of support. You know, yeah. um, it definitely feels really productive and healthy for us to be doing more of this as we go through it, um, and and yeah, we hope that it is of some service to to some of you, if not all of you out there. Indeed. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of Bijou Baby. Mm. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. 